Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and resiliency expert, helping people to think, speak, and act positively through the many and varied challenges of life. Uh, You can find out more about me, the radio show, and our interview today at journeytosuccessradio.com. And I am very excited about my guest today. I met him on the recent Napoleon Hill Foundation Leadership Certification Caribbean Cruise, one of the most successful Napoleon Hill Foundation instructors I have met. And believe me, I have met a lot of them. And so it's exciting for me to uh, introduce uh, my friend and an amazing Napoleon Hill fan, David Ibarra. Uh, David is the founder of eLeader Tech, uh, IBG, and David Ibarra Enterprises. Uh, he received a U.S. patent for his performance performance management software, Executing the Standards. David is a well-known public speaker, trainer, and success coach, and has been invited to deliver keynote addresses at events all across the United States and most recently in China. He enjoys engaging professionals, sharing his smart tools to help corporations discover untapped opportunities and turn them into success. By creating, executing the standards, which he has trademarked, he has been able to study, formulate, and implement the ETS cycle of success in his own life to creatively combine his business, community, and civic interests. And David created the uh, Ibarra Foundation in 2004 to invest in the future success of the Latino community by making a college education possible for Latino students living in the communities where David's companies are located. Welcome to the show today, David. Well, it's my pleasure to be here, Tom, and uh, thank you so much for the invitation. Well, uh, it was amazing to meet you on that Caribbean cruise, and uh, I am so impressed that you bring, uh, looks like anybody who you ever hire for your company uh, becomes a Napoleon Hill uh, Foundation certified instructor, and by helping people that work for you to discover their own life purpose, create their own mastermind group, go the extra mile, and use applied faith along with the other principles, uh, it not only benefits them in every area of your life, of their lives, but it also must certainly benefit all your different companies as well, right? Well, there's no doubt about it. As we decided to uh, grow into uh, nine new uh States in the United States and bring on eight new uh, coaches. 
the one thing that uh, I knew from the beginning that would be a detriment to our company would be if they didn't possess the same culture that we had. And the best thing that, that I felt that we could do was to, as part of the uh, compensation and responsibilities that they uh, would deliver to us, is uh, that they, they all had to achieve uh, Napoleon Hill certification within one year. So the group that I bring were all my new coaches at uh, E-Leader Tech and IBG. Amazing, amazing, and for sure, what an uh, amazing gift and what an amazing training tool uh, for them and for your company. Now, you recently spoke in China. How did that come about? Uh, was it an English audience? And if it wasn't, how is it to speak with a translator? Well, I'll tell you what, speaking with a translator is certainly different because you have to speak slower. You have to have pauses. And uh, I don't do very well with that. But uh, speaking in China was just a delight. I uh, uh, spent 16 days there. Uh, I spoke in Chengdu, which uh, had 35 million residents, which is just mind-boggling <laughs> to me. And, wow. Uh, as that's I, more than as I'm on, Well, that's a, that's a, that is more than a lot of countries in, in our world. But I'll tell you is that um, uh, uh, I was invited to speak about the automotive industry. China has now become the largest uh, uh, retailers of new vehicles, 20 million a year. And uh, they uh, uh, are now learning that uh, in order for the dealers to succeed, there's competition. And uh, how do you compete? So my message was, uh, what to do to uh, become great. And, and most of my message was, don't do what we did in the United States. In the United States, uh, uh, automobile uh, sales consultants have an 8% trust level. We've done a lot of things wrong. And what our companies spend all of our time doing is uh, helping automobile dealers fix their culture to create an enjoyable experience that it should be in getting a, a, a new vehicle. Amazing. And that is your main focus and basically the purpose of, I think, all of your businesses is the automotive industry. And I worked uh, briefly in that industry last year uh, for about six months. Of course, I bought a lot of cars. And when I spoke with you on that cruise, I wish that dealerships did business that way. My God, they're still selling cars almost exactly the same way as when the very first car dealership opened, whenever that was many gajillions of years ago, uh, probably since Henry Ford started selling uh, cars. And uh, the way you approach the business, uh, first of all, is based on your own success in your own dealership, I understand, but it has been proven in many uh, dealership groups that you've worked with. Talk about that a little bit, uh, your experience in the automotive industry and your experience now with helping other dealerships to uh, kind of do business in a different way than all the other dealerships out there these well, days. You know, for, for me, it, it really connects to uh, my earliest uh, success uh, in business, and it occurred when I was just uh, 18 years old. And it came at what I thought would be the most insignificant job that I would ever hold, a dishwasher. I started as a <laughs> dishwasher simply to supplement my income 
while I was attending Salt Lake Community College. I'm sorry, Sacramento Community College. And I was just $200 short of being able to pay my rent. So a dishwasher's job is what I took. I had the opportunity of meeting the owner of the restaurant chain uh, that I had the position at, and that was Farrell's Ice Cream Parlor Restaurant, and the owner was Robert E. Farrell. He uh, would uh, change my life when I, when I was introduced to him. He uh, talked to me for whatever reason. He found something in me that uh, he thought was special and, uh, and uh, gave me a book to read called Think and Grow Rich which I read to this day about 10 minutes uh, uh, every day and have done so ever since there. I grew in the uh, uh, hospitality industry from dishwasher to uh, busboy to waiter to cook, learned every position. And within a year, I was uh, uh, on a training crew opening up Farrell's Ice Cream Parlor restaurants all across our nation. Bob Farrell taught me the power of theming and and, and culture and the 17 principles of Napoleon Hill's uh, uh, philosophy of success. Now, once I learned that, I, uh, it, life became very easy. I uh, made it my uh, a purpose to own my own, own uh, uh, restaurant and achieved that. Ten years later, I bought a Farrell's Ice Cream Parlor uh, restaurant franchise and moved to Salt Lake City, Utah. And uh, opened up three other restaurants, was very successful. Farrell's was owned by Marriott Corporation. And uh, uh, I held several positions with them as uh, director of, uh, of, uh, uh, of uh, development and, and training for the Western United States and the Farrell's Change and, and many more. But the importance here is that I got hospitality and I got that there was two ways you motivate people and only two. And that is either fear or joy. And joy is so much more powerful. As I uh, grew my uh, uh, restaurants, and I had them all in a major shopping center in Salt Lake City, and uh, I was given notice that the uh, shopping center was going to move to a food court, and my leases were not going to be renewed. So I thought, well, I can move, close everything up. I've gone from uh, a wealthy guy to uh, a guy who owns restaurant, used restaurant equipment. How am I going to make the best of this? And uh, I thought, well, you know what? What would happen, because I had researched the automobile business, it has the lowest trust rating or the second lowest trust rating of any legal occupation in the United States. And I thought to myself, now, how could that be? Only 8% of the people that do business with them trust them. And I said, boy, what an opportunity. I'm going to take what I learned in hospitality, write, uh, uh, rewrite the processes of selling cars, and off I went. I took a job as selling cars for one year and uh, doing finance and insurance for six months. And then I wrote a book, presented it to Ford Motor Company, who directed me to a franchise that was in trouble. I took that over, was, became the general manager in a couple of years, and we built that to one of the finest uh, run uh, automobile dealerships uh, in the West. Wow. Wow. And then you took that knowledge to help other dealerships. And as I said, Mike, and as you mentioned, second least trusted. I imagine lawyers might be on the top of that list or somewhere on that list. Least trusted uh, industries, companies, professions uh, on the planet. And having been in that industry in sales for a little bit, uh, even the training uh, that I had 
a general manager was training the salespeople on a lie to tell the customers about uh, the current sale. And like if your general manager is training salespeople to tell a lie about why you're having a current sale and about the sale, my gosh, that can't be any more direct training than you can imagine right from the general manager. And so what an amazing, uh, what an amazing uh, purpose for your business. Well, I'll tell you is that uh, it, it really goes against, uh, you know, to me, there's in, 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 in most of us, there's five things that are important to us. You know, it's our family, faith, community, health, and work. And uh, when we're taught the kinds of things that uh, you were taught, and the same thing was said to me when I started uh, and, and uh, as a sales consultant, I just shook my head and said, wow, this industry needs me. This industry needs hospitality. Every day at Farrell's Ice Cream Parlor Restaurant, we had to work hard to make sure that your lunch or your uh, uh, dinner uh, was perfect because we needed you to come back next week in order for us to be successful. And there's no reason it couldn't be that way in the automotive. Uh, so we started with a the theme, and I'll, I'll tell you, every day that I was at Farrell's, we opened up the door by gathering everybody together first and saying what was our purpose, and that purpose was Feral's Features Fabulous Food and Fantastic Fountain Fantasies for Frolicking Fun-Filled Festive Families. Now, <laughs> if we could get 18, 16-year-olds to get, get in a circle and chant that until we could enthusiastically gain the emotion to deliver that every, with every guest we served that day, why couldn't we do it with automobile uh, sales consultants, uh, parts of uh, folks, services, and accounting people. Of course we could, and we were able to do that. Everything starts with a purpose, and, uh, and I, call it, I call it a purpose with a theme. And once we know that and build all the processes to live up to that doctrine, things go pretty good. Hmm. Now let's talk about theming for success, because that is one of your uh, big... Uh, things that you teach and know and teach your people and it was as important in the restaurant industry as it is in the car industry. Talk about some of your ideas and principles on uh, theming for success. Well, let me tell you, the, the automobile dealers that we serve, and, uh, and I'll tell you that about 25% uh, of the automobile uh, dealers in the United States would look at what we do and say, that's what I want. 75% simply are going to go the way they've always gone, and mm. uh, eventually uh, they'll have uh, uh, troubles. But with everything that we do, every uh, cell system that we do, the very, it starts off with us finding out and me sitting down with the automobile dealer, the ownership, and and determining what is their purpose, what is their major purpose in their lives. Half of them won't have it, and so I'll, I'll, I'll take the time of helping them develop that. Once we know what their purpose is, and it's not just to make money, it's how they're going to be remembered in their lives, in their interactions, in the communities that they serve, then we build the sales process to be themed to deliver that individual's life purpose. When you do that, you never have a conflict in the things that you, uh, in the way that you run your business. And a, a funny thing happens: the community begins begins to know you, 
in a different way. It's not just the car or the payment of the car. It is the experience you go through in determining what car fits your needs uh, that make uh, uh, people want to do business with you. And that's what we specialize in, theming every single process to fit your purpose, your work purpose and your life purpose. And when we do that, we're in sync. I love it, and uh, I think you're probably being purposely generous on 50% of them knowing their purpose, probably (laughs) less than 10. And uh, you kind of alluded to it, and uh, one thing I've learned and kind of teach others is that your purpose doesn't necessarily, as you said, isn't necessarily to earn money, and it's not even necessarily your job or your profession or your business. Your purpose can be much greater than that. It could be a legacy. Napoleon Hill says your purpose should be a lifelong purpose, not a goal-oriented, not a project-oriented, but lifelong, almost like creating your own legacy in advance. And if you have that, if your desire is to be the best uh, husband or father or community leader or impact your country, impact the world, help others, then a powerful purpose like that will entice you to work hard and earn every possible dollar you can with the skills, talents, and abilities that God gave you, right? No, no doubt about it, Tom. But, you know, the, the, the thing that I would add to that would be this. Once you, you, you live your life in this uh, Napoleon, well, I, I like it, which, which to us is a Napoleon Hill culture, work is eliminated. It, it doesn't exist anymore. Right, it, right. it is joy. It is, is it, you know, you, when, when, you know, I work 70 hours a week and, and, and I try to find more because it's not work. I enjoy uh, uh, serving every guest uh, that entrusts me to assist them in grow in helping them grow their company. It's, it's a joy. You know, I, I, uh, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't have a job. I have a hobby and, uh, uh, I, I enjoy every day, every single day. Um, and, 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 w- and once we can move folks to uh, be motivated from joy instead of fear, then, you know, we change lives. And uh, the principles that we teach uh, for the automobile dealers that we serve, those same principles end up uh, 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 moving into their uh, family, uh, into their community goals, into their health goals, because it's a formula for success in any endeavor that you would embark upon. I love it. I love it. Now, uh, David, I worked for four years for a somewhat prestigious management consulting company, and uh, we learned how to implement and change people, processes. We say processes in Canada. I think you say processes in Mm -hmm. the U.S., but people, processes, systems, and behavior. And I know your foundation for business success includes uh, two others, culture and theming, but also includes that people and those uh, processes, which are so important. You work backwards to achieve your company goals by developing metrics and processes for people to follow so that it's a common experience for every prospect and customer that you have. So talk about your foundation uh, for business success. Well, you know, I I tell you what, the... the, uh uh, foundation that, that holds up a business is is the culture, and the culture has to be one of uh, 
coaching, encouraging, and developing others. Uh, a business uh, is going to be successful. It needs two things. It needs capital and talent. If you don't merge capital and talent, success cannot happen. So we have uh, a profit and loss statements in every business across the world. And nobody would think of not doing a P&L every 31 days. But when was the last time you heard of a talent P&L being uh, executed every uh, 31 days? Within our software, we develop that concept of talent P&Ls that everybody uh, 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 performs. And in, in, in our folks look forward to their coach and mentor uh, helping them get better. The second one is the theme. And as I told you before, uh, earlier on, that uh, it can't just be about the product you sell. It's got to be about the way you sell it, the fun way that you sell it. Everything that we do should be fun. And if it's not fun and unique, then it's not a theme. And you probably won't be very successful. But you look at every restaurant that you go to that there is a line waiting to get in. It's not just about the food and the service. It's the, it's the way the, the service is themed that makes us go. And then third is the people. Every single individual that you bring on has to have character. Now, I don't too much care whether they've had a great deal of success because we can teach that. But character is a difficult thing to uh, develop in, in another. But in the software that we've developed it, developed, it has the Napoleon Hill principles within it. So that when you go through and use your phone app or your desktop, we're uh, uh, causing people to do the repetition of the 17 principles without, with them not even not having ever read the book. Of course, we want all of our leaders to be Napoleon Hill certified in the dealerships that we serve, and we suggest they do that. And uh, we give courses uh, ourselves on these 17 principles. The leaders must know this. But some of the uh, uh, folks that uh, not everybody is going to be uh, uh, going to live by these principles, uh, but, it, at, but at the workplace, they sure are. And what ends up happening, it drifts into their personal lives. Now, the processes uh, are, are built that people getting served at an Apple store, they get served the same way. You don't go into an Apple store and uh, it's based on the individual's personality. It's based on the personality that Apple developed this way of uh, uh, of selling their phones, their tablets, their uh, computers, their, their uh, computers, etc. Each business ought to be the same way, and uh, in doing so, then we infuse a personality to the entity, the uh, uh, the business, and a soul. And success occurs. Wow, <laughs> that is a powerful foundation for business success, uh, for sure. And now you are big on the human factor. He humans, people, make up businesses, families, communities. That's what we all are. And uh, we are either, uh, as Napoleon Hill had talked about, made to win or lose. We can choose the positive mental attitude in life or we can choose the negative mental attitude we can discover define and pursue our purpose or we can just let the world give us its purpose so talk about the human factor we are made to win or to lose 
Well, the fact of the matter, everything starts uh, when we recognize how we're stuffed. Uh, we we have been raised a certain way. The, our environment, where we live, uh, uh, we've, we're, we're getting stuffed uh, uh, every day to win or to lose. Uh, we start off all of our training with with sharing to, uh, with folks the uh, uh, the pyramid of success and how people are divided. Basically, three percent of uh, the gainfully employed in the U.S., according to over two thousand studies, uh, are stuffed. Uh, as Napoleon Hill uh, was able to determine by the 500 successful people that Andrew Carnegie uh, 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 created the invitation for Napoleon Hill to interview, they hold the kinds of things of, of, of having a life purpose, of having a faith-based uh, uh, action plan by uh, having a high level of execution, enjoying a scorekeeping. Uh, they do that automatically. They don't work for money. They work for the the joy of being uh, the top competitor in, 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 in whatever they do. In the United States, they control about 68% of, uh, of our nation's wealth. The next group, 10%, are problem solvers. They do the same thing as the 3% group, but they only do it when they're handed a problem. They don't look for a problem like the 3% group do the 60 percent uh, the next group is 60 percent they simply want to get through the day of the week and retire and uh, uh, get through life without being noticed now these folks have, have done well many of them have done well in school they have great uh, great point averages but what they don't have is they don't have purpose they therefore they don't have faith-based actions and they're, they're just lost they're, as, as to where to go they're looking for leaders to follow. Now, in this case, uh, uh, what we teach is that when we lay out our method of how you can achieve a great experience at work, these folks will follow. They'll follow, and they'll be great soldiers, and they'll have a good experience, and they're the folks that are interacting with your guests most of the time. And then 27% of the gamefully employed simply want something for nothing. And they are, have a negative uh, 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 attitude, and it takes uh, uh, five uh, positive mental attitude folks to offset just one of these negatives that are that strong. And what we suggest to the dealer automobile dealers that we serve is that if you identify that you have a 27% percent are working for you in your dealership, that you invite them to transfer to your competition's dealership so that they can ruin theirs and not yours. Hmm. Wow. Powerful. Powerful. Uh, uh, David, one of the main themes when I speak uh, to groups and a challenge, uh, a challenge from the Christian community and a challenge just from people in general. A lot of people are brought up thinking that being wealthy or earning a lot of money is bad. There must be something corrupt or evil or bad about that person making so much money. But what I tell people is, listen, 40% of the world's population, 4 out of 10, live on less than $2 a day. Uh, David, you and I are nice people, but we're no more deserving or nicer than someone living in a third world country on less than $2 a day, and probably 50% or more live on less than $3 a day. So I think God puts us in a developed country so we can use our skills, talents, and abilities to earn the most money we can, provi and he will bless that, provided 
that our intention is not to have four Porsches, but to contribute to the less fortunate, under-resourced in our own communities, our own countries, and in third world countries. And I know that even just because of your foundation and many other things you do, that you know that success in business includes giving back not only to the community, but to the world as well. Well, I, I tell you what, is that uh, whenever you hear somebody talk about money and uh, uh, they're negative about uh, somebody that has wealth, is, 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 it's, it's always somebody who doesn't have wealth. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a have-nots uh, uh, with the haves. Uh, I think that um, uh, for me, and I've always looked, looked at this, is that uh, uh, money brings us opportunity to, uh, to do good. There's no reason you can't do well and do good at the same time. Uh, if you had the uh, uh, blessing of achieving uh, great wealth, it didn't happen on its own. You had to do something to get it in most cases. Uh, you work hard, I work hard. And I'll uh, certainly never, ever apologize for my desire to be wealthy. Uh, but uh, that having wealth isn't just measured in money. It's uh, what are you able to do with uh, the things that you've earned? In my case, uh, uh, you know, I have the Ibarra Foundation. Uh, I'm, I'm very uh, uh, proud of the fact that as I looked, as a, you know, my father came to the United States from Mexico, Oaxaca, as a migrant worker to pick fruit in Spanish Fork, Utah. He was 15 years old and uh, came here all by himself as a migrant worker. Now, that is a success story. Uh, what, what, uh, uh, what am I able to do? What was he able to do to give back? You know, I, 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 my, my father uh, went on to become a miner, went on to become uh, a, a uh, business owner, and, and, and to provide a, a, a work ethic of giving the extra mile to two of his sons, myself and my brother, Mickey, And uh, Mickey goes on to become the senior advisor to the president of the United States for four years. Not bad for the sons of a migrant worker. You know, wealth is measured in a lot of things, and it's not just money. My dad happens to be the most wealthy guy that I know. Uh, But I wanted to give back to the Latino community. Uh, My father came here. I think that I've uh, been blessed. I've worked hard. Uh, I earned it. But you don't get to keep it if you don't share it. And not just the money, but the but how to make money. Uh, so we started the Ibarra Foundation, and and I'm very proud that uh, we put uh, sixty. We've helped sixty four people gain a college education, and just finished uh, five business startups. And uh, and and we're very proud of uh, the work that we do, and we're going to continue to do so. I uh, saw a video of you recently. Uh... I think with some related to some university or college uh, and uh, celebrating uh, the great work you're doing with your foundation to help people. And um, I think God rewards that in some way. There's not a mathematical formula that if I invest this many hours or this much money helping people, I will get this much back in return. And for sure, it should not work that way. Uh, But you certainly know that, that, you know, contributing to the community, the world, and people 
certainly comes back in many ways, obviously, more than just uh, money. Well, let, let me add something right, right there, Tom. I, you, there, is, there is no doubt that you, there is no guarantee of what you'll get back. But for me, I honestly believe that uh, when I asked for guidance in, uh, uh, through the way in, with, in which I uh, say my uh, defined major purpose out loud every day and I recite my faith-based action plan of what I'm going to be doing, with in in the form of a prayer that I connect to God and and oftentimes the answers to my issues come to me in a way there's no way I could have thought of that uh, hmm. so I know that I've gotten help He didn't give me that help in order for me to keep it all for myself so while there's no formula for what I'll get back for what I give I believe there is absolutely a formula for what'll happen to you if you don't give and that if you don't give. I don't believe you'll be blessed to be able to retain your wealth. I tell my clients all the time, making money is easy. As a matter of fact, the reason that most people don't make money or, or aren't successful is because it's very boring. The things you've got to go through, it's boring. It's repetitive. It's getting these faith-based actions organized and then just doing them when they were scheduled to do. It's repetitive. We as human beings don't do that well if you don't have a purpose. If you have a purpose, it's easy. But when you get it and you don't share it, and then that's the real test in life. When I've seen wealth occur, I want to sit back now and watch and see what you do once you achieve your wealth. And I've seen uh, good things happen, but unfortunately, Tom, I've seen a lot more bad things happen when people make their lives only about money. Yes, exactly. And you had mentioned, alluded to something, uh, and you even talked about it yourself. Lots of people can make money and become wealthy, but staying wealthy is a different thing altogether. Uh, and a lot of people, even you with your restaurant business, you had the world by the tail, and then uh, the tail had you. And so if you have the right purpose, uh, the right giving mentality, and the right goals, uh, you can always get back on top. Uh, the skills you learn will bring you back on top if uh, things out of your control affect your business or your life. And that's important because just a lot of times, you know, people see the wealthy people, oh, look at them. A, they might have been poor before. B, they could be wealthy now. C, they may not be wealthy 10 years from now. That's correct. I'll tell you, the greatest lesson that I ever learned in life was uh, the day I got called into the mall's uh, man, the uh, uh, shopping center's uh, office, and uh, they shared with me uh, the model of this food court they were building, and that I was not going. They weren't going to have sit-down, full-service restaurants. Well, I went home, and I remember sitting there, and it was in the middle of the night, thinking, "Oh my heavens! I've gone from millionaire uh, uh, to the owner of uh, uh, used restaurant equipment overnight." What am I going to do? I'm ruined. I'm out. Of, I'm going to. I'm. 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 I'm going to be bankrupt. I'm ruined. And then a quiet little voice whispered something to me, and it gave me great comfort. David, remember how you achieved it, and you can do it again in half the time because now you know. And I smiled and said, "That is exactly right. I know how." 
to do this again. And thank heavens that I know the formula because I'll be able to do it now in half the time. And I was able to do just that. Right. And well, many people, when they uh, become successful and lose it all, they throw in the towel. That's it. I could only do it in that industry. I was lucky that time. I won't be able to duplicate it. Uh, that is not a truly successful person. A truly successful person can rebound uh, from any adversity and make it into a blessing and a learning lesson and duplicate their success in less time uh, with maybe even less resources while they're forced to with less resources uh, because of their attitude, because of the mastermind groups they build and the wisdom they've gained over the years. I tell you, it's easy to identify somebody who's going to have continued success as opposed to somebody who's not. I oftentimes will hear this phrase, and, uh, and, and if I hear this phrase, it's going to be a determination as to whether or not I'm going to take the person on as a client. But if the potential new client says to me, you know, David, I've paid my dues, and I don't want to do that anymore, well, then I suggest to them they sell because they're truly through. Uh, the moment that we do not want to do what it takes to give the services that we give to the people that we uh, 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 have as clients, then we're done. We're done. It never stops what you've got to do uh, in, the, in the way of serving others. So there is no such thing as uh, I've paid my dues. We haven't paid our dues until our day on earth is done. Exactly, exactly. And uh, when you start to sit back and, oh, my employees will do it, my management team will do it, I'm just uh, here to uh, count the money and uh, show up every day or not even show up every day, you're done. That's the end. Uh, you will and not arrogance, progress. Arrogance yeah. and egotism is a disease and it will kill you. And your business and your employees. Yeah, that's it. No, no doubt about it. You can't keep egotism to yourself. It spreads and it infects. Uh, I've worked for people like that. And even with the enormously positive mental attitude I have, it will get to you if you work for someone who just has an enormous ego and thinks everyone working for him is below them or working for them is below them. Uh, it's, a, it's a horrible culture to be in. If you're in a culture with a business owner like that, you do yourself a favor, no matter how much money you make. Get the heck out of there, uh, because it will Get infect you. Exactly it'll, right. in, it'll infect well, and affect you. We end uh, every day uh, uh, in, in, in the companies that... Uh, I'm blessed to have is we open up with our mission statement and our mission statement always ends with members of the E-Leader Tech team or the IBG team or the David Ibarra Enterprise team. We give, give, give before we get, get, get. And uh, I'll tell you what, I've, I've, uh, uh, I've, I'm lined up with clients every day and I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have more work uh, than I can get to. Uh, but I remember that everyone, I, I look for the joy of serving them every day and to get, give them more than I'm ever paid for. And that, and that uh, uh, alludes to the uh, uh, going the extra mile. But when you're willing to do things for folks and not always have an invoice for every single act you do, people mm. really get 
that uh, uh, the gift of giving and it spreads. And not everything in our lives have to come with uh, you're on the clock. You know, this gift is meant to be given. And that's what I love about the 17 principles of Napoleon Hill. Amen, amen. This has been an amazing conversation, David, and it's pretty obvious why Leader Tech, IBG, and your foundation, and even your own personal life is uh, such a blessing to other people and is truly purpose-driven and giving in nature. And um, you are not only impacting your lives, but your employees, the world, under-resourced people, and uh, I know that you will have continued success uh, just because of the um, amazing foundation you've built and the way you have your uh, employees go for, through that Napoleon Hill Leader Certification. You are basically duplicating yourself uh, with individual purposes. Everyone has their individual purpose, but you're duplicating yourself through your employees and your business and that's got to reap enormous dividends today and forever. So amazing. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. It's been a real pleasure. Well, Tom, uh, or should I say amazing, uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> I love uh, how every time I talk to you, you're, you're doing amazing, and you are an amazing guy, and thank you so much for inviting me to be on your program. It was a pleasure. Have an amazing day, David. Take care. You as well. Bye now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email Tom at TomTooTall.com for details.